0: Oh. And you're listening to
1: Buzz, buzz Killers! killers. <laughs> I made such a weird face when I said Did that. you? I didn't look. <laughs> I, I said buzz really high-pitched I went, <laughs>
0: We switched this time because I did it buzz really low and then I did killers really high. So I think we... We figured it out. Switched octaves. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! Anyway, guys. Hi. How's it going? Um. So if you guys haven't already seen, this is the first episode of april oh canada and we are we are covering uh canadian true crime cases only canada all month long
1: so maple syrup ryan reynolds um oh yeah i forgot about mounties canadian mounties (laughs) (laughs) quebec Um.
0: (laughs) quebec french um yeah so sorry if i can't say french names i try really hard um we're really excited. This, I'm is this is
1: new to me. Yeah, I, like, we didn't
0: know anything about this. I don't think
1: I've... I mean, aside from that one don't fuck with cats guy, I don't really know a and lot of Canadian pink, true crime. Pink guy.
0: The guy with the pigs. Pinkerton? Oh,
1: yeah. Is that his name? No. Um,
0: Picton. Picton. See, I was kind of close.
1: Yep. Um, Willie Picton. Willie Picton. I don't gross. know much about that case. I like to forget about him. That's why I don't remember that one.
0: Yeah. That'll he- probably be a big case eventually. <sighs>
1: yeah. And
0: definitely... Luca Magnata
1: oh because
0: I have seen don't fuck with cats and man that guy is terrible
1: oh Um,
0: but we we (laughs) thought about we thought about this topic for a while just focusing on a state or a country um, where you know we could be more specific to the crimes we wanted to cover (laughs) Um, and so we didn't know a lot about like we said Canadian true crime yeah so that's where we landed. We know a lot about Australia.
1: Australia I, is a fucked up country, guys, with their crime. Oh, my we, gosh. We
0: love you, Australia. I Thank you for listening to us. But at the same time, you have that lady that, like, skinned her skinned husband. Skinned her boyfriend and, like, was going to serve her his body to her children. So gross so weird <laughs> she like hung his like skin in the hallway so yeah weird. it was so gross so i was like well i've heard a lot about this but i don't know a lot about canadian true crime do you like other than these two big cases do you mm-hmm. want to look into that And nicole's like okay oh so God. we did it and that's what we're doing
1: um so oh you want to tell the story i wanted to tell you about this because i literally came across this this morning and i do this thing where when i wake up in the morning i can't get out of bed right away so the first oh, yeah, thing i do like is i just like I thought you were going to (laughs) sneeze.
0: No. I just drank some of the wine. Oh. My face was like. (laughs) Guys, this is like, what did you say? 14.5% alcohol? Yes,
1: it is. (laughs) Actually, let me tell them about that first.
0: Yes. Then your story. Then your story. So,
1: guys, as we promised, we have returned to Michael David Winery. We love them. We love Michael David Winery. Maybe not the specific wine that much. (laughs)
0: But well, we did like the Cabernet.
1: Yes, we did. And
0: I that don't was good. we don't like dry,
1: but this Syrah is usually always It's pretty so dry. I looked up what this one so this is the Petit Petit? Petit petit. And it's so it's like a petite Syrah, I believe. And it's got elephants on it. It's I That's look, so
0: funny, it's called petit petit, but it's got elephants on it.
1: <laughs> I also just became highly aware of that both elephants are sitting in like a, lo- a recliner. What? I didn't see that. <laughs> look at the <laughs> um, it's like so, us. So the petite petite is a joyous explosion of color and fun. It is a substantial, dense, full-bodied whopper style of wine, loaded with pure black fruit and vanilla flavors that coat the palate. It reveals remarkable richness with a finish that is slightly dry and seems to linger. And that's taken straight from their website, guys. And
0: is 14.5% alcohol. Yeah, it's really strong. So uh, that and was my face being like,
1: oh my god. Macy and I are not used to this kind of wine. <laughs> you're, you're Despite the fun. fact that somehow we've only ever drank a lot of red wine on this podcast, we like have a white here and there. But yeah. mostly it's been red because it fits our theme.
0: Well, they're always, like, the, they're the ones that always have the creepy bottles, the scary bottles. Mm-hmm. And that's... I'm sorry, guys. We are bottle shoppers. That's what we look for. That's the whole point <laughs> of this. <laughs> Literally. Um And... <laughs> Sometimes they have not scary names, but, like, the front looks, like, the the label looks scary. I mean, we had that confetti yeah. one that I was just like, whatever, I'm going to buy this. It looks good. <laughs> it looks good. And it was. Um, So that's what we do, and that's how we find good wines is mm-hmm. we just, like, try.
1: We've, tr- we've tried some that I've been like, wow. I did
0: not realize that that was as good as it
1: was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, on, like, the Michael David Winery, the Cabernet, I could drink that.
0: Yeah, and I don't All like the red time. wine. So
1: <laughs> I don't either.
0: I like I like grape juice with a kick if it's red. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that they have gotten my palate to be like, mm, dry wine, yeah. I was
1: gonna say I prefer sweeter wine, and so getting me to like any form of dry wine is a miracle to have. I know. Anyway, what was your story? So this happened literally so the, this article is from yesterday. And <laughs> Hi. This was one of the first things I saw this morning, like I said, when I woke up in bed. And I was scrolling through Facebook and this popped up on the lineup.
0: Oh, I love the lineup! And...
1: <laughs> these middle schoolers plotted to murder their classmates and drink their blood. That was the title of the article? Why? <laughs> and I went, what? I need to know more about this. So, these... Fucking Florida man! Nah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they well, they you know they're a basalt. They?
1: Two, they're two <laughs> Florida tweens, two young girls, eleven and twelve years old, brought butcher knives and a like, what did they call it? Not a chalice, like a carat? a goblet. They called it a goblet. I don't oh. know why they kept calling it a goblet. It looks like a wine glass, but like <laughs> they brought butcher knives and a goblet to school. And we're and like had a map drawn to the bathroom that was like go to the kill spot. And that's like what? what it said on the side of the map. And they were going to like as people came into the bathroom, they were going to stab these people and like planned to drink their blood what? as like a sacrifice to Satan. Oh my god! This was I was reading that it was like eight thirty in the morning, and <laughs> I'm like trying not to be like what the fuck is Ryan's asleep next to me? And I'm like. um what and they it says they planned to kill between 15 to 25 people and they were just going to keep hiding their bodies like stacking them up in the bathroom stall and like draining them of their blood and then they were going to kill themselves because they wanted to become and it literally says they it says this article says then they they sorry then wanted to kill themselves to become worse sinners and go to hell to be with satan these girls are 11 and 12 years old. My God. Like, what the fuck? I was like, where Whoa! did you even learn about this? Like, and they had, the not internet. only did they have butcher knives, but they had like a pizza cutter. And then they had a bunch oh, of God. pairs of scissors. Pizza <gasps> like, cutter? Literally. <laughs> what it are you going to do? It like shows. So there's like a link to the items that were collected from them. And you can see there is a pizza cutter, knives, okay. scissors, Those are sharp scissors. And that's the goblet, the quote unquote goblet. It's a wine glass. It literally looks like a green, it's like a green wine glass, guys. Oh my
0: God. But I I was like, oh my
1: God. You were like, I can't wait to tell you this story. I was like, what is it? I was like, I read this this morning. I was like, I've got to tell Macy this on the podcast. my God. I almost texted it to you and I was like, I'm going to wait. I'm going to
0: wait. Well, maybe we'll do an actual, like, seriously planned research in the moment. Uh, um, mini. It's mixer mini. It, re- it
1: reminded me a lot of the Slender Man murders. Oh, those, yeah, girls, those that, girls that like tried to kill their friend to sacrifice her to Slender Man. That's what it reminded me of.
0: Shit. Yeah, I forgot about that case. That is a fucked up case. was really fucked yeah. up. <laughs> oh man oh man oh man oh man oh
1: man <laughs> but um, uh that's not a real case today guys i just wanted to no, <laughs> I, I had to be like please listen to this we're talking about canada <laughs> <laughs> yeah so now we're gonna hop over to canada
0: but also guys we wanted to, i wanted to bring this up quickly we just got to three thousand. oh yeah we did <laughs> like very recently the last couple of days and thank you so 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 much and we love you so much and we've,
1: we've had, like, a big burst of listens and downloads. Yes, and we have been so
0: excited. At one point,
1: we actually, like, were so blown away by it, we tried to blame Tyler. And we were like, did you forget to listen for a while and then, like, download a bunch he's of like, our episodes? No, he I'm like, not, no, he's I'm he's like, no, I'm actually caught up. I'm, I'm caught, up. caught up, yeah. yeah. We were amazing. and oh. I were like, huh? wait, that means... This me. was on our own. actual people.
0: <laughs> so thank you. We appreciate yeah. your support. And, um, yeah, we're really excited about it. And we've got, actually, some cool things planned because you know very the last you know the thousand downloads that we got two thousand we had a giveaway Mm -hmm. so we're planning something really special we're not going to announce it here because we are going to talk about it in a business meeting after this yes (laughs) but um keep watching our social media and um you'll see what that is exactly hopefully
1: this coming week yeah hopefully hopefully we'll see (laughs) um it's it's the holidays again so For some of us, Easter. Oh yeah, (laughs) Easter. I'm having Easter here, so (laughs) I'm not going anywhere. Lucky.
0: Um, Okay, guys. So uh, this case is
1: crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so ready because I don't know anything about this. It's
0: it's a very it's a lot shorter Mm -hmm. than the last couple I've done, so I'm excited about this. (laughs) i was like i don't have to do a two-parter yay yay (laughs) um but it's crazy nonetheless um we are going to be talking about the murder of tim mclean um by vince i don't know how to say his actual name vince wig wigwang lee god bless you yeah i hope that's right um (laughs) canadian listeners if you know anything about this case more than i do Please contact us.
1: (laughs) How do I say his name?
0: (laughs) Uh, How do I say his name? Um, So, okay, we're going to get started. I'm going to talk a little bit about the victim here, a little bit about his life, and then I'm going to get into um, Mr. Lee, his life, and then into the incident that we're going to talk about. And this was like pretty, this was pretty big.
1: Really? In Canada.
0: Well, I think it was international, but I'd never heard of it.
1: I say I haven't heard this But it was in 2008, and I was like... In high school. say so 2008, I was in eighth grade. Yeah, I so was in high school. I was so like... Not paying attention. <laughs> I was some innocent little bean, like, ignoring the bad world out there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so um, our victim is Timothy Richard McLean Jr., um, and they called him Tim. He was born in Victoria, Bit- British Columbia on October 3rd of 1985. His family said that he was super adventurous and liked to travel, and so when he got a job... In a carnival, as a barker, they thought that that was pretty good for him. And I'm going to talk about what a barker is.
1: I was going to say, um, all I picture is him dressed as a dog barking at people. So now, all w- I
0: can imagine <laughs> is if anybody knows the musical carousel, I know, I'm, uh, the the guy is a is a barker. But according to Wikipedia, a barker is a person who attempts to attract pa- attract patrons to entertainment events such as a circus or fun fair by um by ex extorting no by exhorting i think e-x-h-o-r-t-i-n-g
1: exhorting yeah
0: exhorting passing members of the public announcing attractions of the show and emphasizing variety novelty beauty or some other enticing
1: so it's like those people that stand on the curb outside the show and be like come Come see see
0: the magnificent yeah like 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 they
1: do in um, the greatest showman yeah yeah come yeah. see the world's weirdest oddities and weird yeah movies. yeah like all yeah. that like so yeah. that's what he
0: was um and so his family also said he was like a really personable guy and he liked meeting new people so like this was a, like a great job for him 14 14.5 percent alcohol. the it is really strong <laughs> um so his family said he liked meeting new people and like i said he was adventurous and liked to travel so this seemed like a great opportunity kind of job Mm -hmm. for him um he was 22 years old at the time of the incident which is sad he's not very old um and he was returning home to winnipeg from edmonton um after working the summer at the fair um and on i'm gonna find the date because i didn't write it there because i'm stupid (laughs) um (laughs) on july 30th yeah, July 30th, 2008, he boarded uh, the Greyhound bus 1170 to Winnipeg around 12 p.m. and sat in the back of like one row before the restroom. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind. It's where that you don't want to
1: sit because it smells.
0: Well, you just don't want to sit there in general when you're talking about this.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so backtracking a little, we're going to talk about Vince Lee now. Um, He was born on April 30th of 1968 in Dandong, China. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, I don't know a lot about Mandarin or Chinese. Um, There's very little known about his early life in China. Um, But in 1992, he graduated from the University of Wuhan Institute of Technology and earned a Bachelor of Science in Technology. Oh, smart um and in in like 1994 and 1998 like between the, those years mm-hmm. he worked as a computer software engineer in beijing and immigrated to canada on june 11th of 2001 cool okay so when he did get to canada before he was before he became a, like an actual citizen of the country mm-hmm. he was institutionalized briefly after the ontario um police found him walking along the highway I'm putting quotes here. Following the sun, this oh. was this was in 2003 or 2004. They Ooh. couldn't find an exact date for it. Um, and here is a big theme, people. God told him to do this. Oh no, God told uh, him to follow the sun. That's
1: gonna come back, isn't it? Yeah, that's gonna come oh back. No. Um,
0: okay. and so he was institutionalized briefly between 2003 and 2004 for this. Um, but he did not seek any additional medical treatment at the time. Um, while he was living in Canada around this time, also, he got a job at Grant Memorial Church in Winnipeg and, um, was supporting his wife, Anna. There's no marriage date. They do get divorced at some point. It's all very vague. I think his wife kind of was like, I don't want anything to do with this.
1: Uh, Oh, I have to say, I wonder what made her leave. I don't know. It was so frustrating. I tried to find more on her. I'd be curious if it had to do with his mental health. I
0: don't think so. She, okay. she didn't mention that but we'll talk about it okay um he worked menial jobs around the church i, I kind of got gathered that he was like a handyman or like a do like do whatever kind okay. of guy like they could just be like hey go rake the front lawn and he'd be like cool yeah <laughs> um and tom castor
1: tom castor the pastor <laughs> is that really the pastor's name oh my god I, i've been waiting i've been waiting to say that. i would literally every time i saw him i'd be like hey tom Ca- tom caster the pastor it or called? be like pastor caster pastor
0: um t- so uh, pastor caster uh said that he did a pretty good job um he was there was like an obvious language barrier but he seemed to be happy in his job was hmm. doing it well and they had vetted him completely through background checks and references.
1: Yeah, so, so it, like... to that point, it doesn't sound like he's had really too yeah, many issues.
0: Uh, and another employer, actually, that they talked to said that they, like... He never showed any signs of anything being unhinged or anything. Like, th- this came completely out of the blue for people. Huh. Um He left the job at the church in the spring of 2005. He'd only worked there for, like, six months. Oh. But, <laughs> okay. um... He became a forklift operator briefly, and his wife was working at a um, as a waitress. And he legally became a citizen of Canada on November seventh of two thousand and six. That date varied, but that was the one I found was most accurate. Okay. Um. Sometimes they said it was a different day, but mm. that's the day I say. So there we go. <laughs> um. And then very suddenly he moved to Edmonton, um, in two thousand and six. Like just kind of packed up his shit and left um a 2009 article um from the toronto star suggested that he and anna also got divorced uh, in 2006 around around the same time so that's
1: why he left so
0: it's possible that's why he left yeah um that makes sense and so when he moved to edmonton he had a very of like various jobs he worked at a walmart he worked at a fast food place he was delivering newspapers just kind of doing whatever to make things meet but like this guy has a degree in like computer
1: science that's that's a sad fact that's so of crazy. people who immigrant immigrant nicole immigrate
0: <laughs> <laughs> grammar police <laughs> <laughs> Literally,
1: I, myself i just wanted to hit <laughs> myself but it, it is a sad fact because and it's all specifically because of the language barrier people it's it happens here in america too people come over here and They have these degrees degrees. and they can be the world's greatest doctor from China. And the moment they get here, they're basically resorted to being janitors and because people don't see them as anything else. And that's terrible. I know. They're brilliant people. I know. He was smart. Like, it's hard to get a computer science degree. Yeah. Say he earned that degree, like, and he's a smart fucking person and it's all because he just. He doesn't immigrated, speak the language. He immigrated and doesn't speak the language. Yeah, it's dumb. We see them as less, and it's terrible. It doesn't. It's so dumb. So, like I
0: said, Pastor Caster, Pastor Koster. And um, the newspaper delivery boss, his name is Vincent Augert, both said that Lee was reliable and what?
1: <laughs> you said Augert, and all I wanted to do was go, yogurt. <laughs> yogurt. Nope, it's <laughs> Augert.
0: <laughs> um, they, they both said that he was reliable and hardworking, and like I said, never... Showed any signs of trouble. What are you giggling for?
1: That just made me laugh for some reason. You know when that random thing strikes your funny bone. <laughs> <that> was, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, it was that guy's name, Albert. Yeah. Um, Continue, please.
0: <laughs> so shortly before the incident, like I said, that happened like July thirtieth of two thousand eight, he was fired from his job at Walmart, oh. and there was some dispute. Between Lee and another co-worker, um, it, there was there was one article that said it was other employees, like multiple, but I oh. couldn't find that substantiated anywhere else. Okay. But there was some sort of disagreement with, uh. an, with, an, with one po- employee or more than one. Hmm. Um, and around this time, he also asked for time off from his newspaper delivery job. So it was kind of strange. He got fired, and then he was like, I got to take some time off um and
1: and a man who's struggling to make ends meet that's a little yeah that's a little odd that you you know if you've just been fired that you're gonna be like oh i gotta take my other job off too Mm now and also it was
0: kind of weird like i said they had said that he and his wife anna were divorced in 2006 and then he moved to edmonton Mm -hmm. but there were also like sources that suggested that like he moved to edmonton and then she followed shortly after like because there was an article that I read. It was the Toronto Star. So I
1: yeah, like. You want to believe that. I want to believe that.
0: They said that um, he'd left a note for his ex-wife shortly before the incident. Um, and he left and, and it said, I'm gone. Don't look for me. I wish you were happy.
1: I wonder if maybe the, it was something like they maybe they were trying to work it out. She, yeah. You know, like he moved and she, they decided like she's going to follow him. And they were trying to. Yeah. Maybe they were living together trying to fix yeah. it or.
0: Their whole relationship was just like kind of murky. Yeah. There wasn't a lot about it. So Canadian friends, if you know anything about that, please tell me because I was really confused. I was like, wait,
1: when did they get divorced? <laughs> if you've got access to more sources than we do. <laughs> <laughs> I was
0: like, when did this happen? Um. So here we go into the incident. On July 29th of 2008, Lee boarded a Greyhound bus to Winnipeg. Uh, he got on around midnight mm-hmm. and then got off at approximately... 6 p.m. ish so he was driving for a long time yeah that's huge um and he got off in erickson manitoba and the bus driver of that bus tried to tell lee that this was not his stop like he tried to be like dude this isn't your because he was trying to go from edmonton to winnipeg
1: oh so his bus ticket was for further was
0: for further and the guy was like hey dude this isn't your stop and he got off anyway
1: very Ooh. weird. It yeah, was um, weird.
0: He wa- and he was carrying at least three pieces of luggage, but was seen on a bus bench by a grocery store all night long. Like, there were witnesses that said that he was there all night sitting.
1: Did he have his luggage with him?
0: Yeah, in front of him. Um, th- And one witness said that they saw him sitting straight up with his eyes wide open all night. Like, he didn't sleep.
1: That's terrifying, honestly. That's really scary.
0: So on the morning of July 30th, he's still sitting at this bus stop, but he has now created this sign in front of his luggage that says laptop $600 OBO or best
1: offer. Okay.
0: Um, And he ended up selling his laptop for $60 to a 15-year-old named Darren Beatty.
1: That's quite the difference.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um. And <laughs> obviously this kid was a very good Samaritan because after the incident, he found out who he had bought his laptop from and he he gave it to the police
1: oh what a good kid
0: yeah so um that laptop had was
1: confiscated by police eventually did they end up finding anything on i don't
0: it? think so i didn't find anything about it again okay but it was very just odd it is like, really the, like his behavior
1: is just odd i was um, gonna say i don't six hundred dollars to sixty is
0: yeah, exactly. That's
1: a huge freaking <laughs> yeah. or best or- offer. Give me like... <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, that's like if, somebody, if, if I was selling something online and somebody was like, hey, I'll give you 60 for 600. I'd be like, huh ah, what? Uh, Get no. out of my DMs. No, Go thank way. you. Go away.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> so he continued to sit at this bus stop until around 6 p.m. that day mm-hmm. um, when he eventually boarded another bus that was going to Winnipeg. And around... 655 after everybody had gotten on or whatever the bus departed Mm -hmm. and at this time he sits at the front of the bus like when he first gets on this second bus he's sitting around the front um a witness named garnet caton and actually i have a couple videos of him just like describing what happened um like with several newscasters asking him like right after the incident and then a couple of like maybe days or a couple like a week or so after it'd be terrifying yeah he remembered him getting onto the bus mm-hmm. and he said that he, he described lee as being a pretty tall man probably about six foot um he was in his 40s and his head was shaved and he was wearing sunglasses
1: mm-hmm.
0: and there let's just talk about this there are 37 other passengers on board the bus at this time wow, that's a lot of people in, like not including lee yeah. not including tim mclean
1: okay um
0: the bus at some point I, I couldn't really get a time when this happened but at some point the bus stops for a scheduled rest and um lee gets off the bus to smoke a cigarette so does tim mclean a lot of the passengers get off and remember him yeah standing there there were some passengers that said that he looked like unhinged but like I was like, mm. did he look unhinged in the moment? I or was like- going to say,
1: because I'm sorry, if I saw somebody standing outside the bus I was supposed to be riding on with this person and they looked unhinged to me, you bet your ass my I would be in front of the security desk being like, okay. The bus driver. I would immediately like go to the bus somebody, driver. Somebody, like, I'd go into the, st- I'd be somewhere and be like, okay, there's this guy that's, like, on this bus with me. Yeah, he, they said that he's, he like, pacing
0: and stuff, So like, like... He doesn't
1: look okay, and I'm a little bit concerned for my welfare yeah. being on a bus with him, like... Yeah,
0: I mean, but the fact that nobody brought this up to, like, to the driver or anybody else's attention made me think that maybe... Even if he did look a little, like, odd. Maybe he looked odd, was but maybe say, not unhinged. I was
1: going to say, I feel like unhinged, maybe they said unhinged, but it's too big of a word. I think he might have maybe just he seemed like odd. Maybe, like, anxious a little bit, you know, maybe yeah. fidgeting, kind of pacing, but, like... I, maybe he doesn't like buses. I'm maybe sorry. Maybe he doesn't like cars. You, you tell know? me somebody looked unhinged, and I'm like, to me, I would picture them sitting on the ground, rocking back and forth, pulling their own hair out, like, yeah. so they're, yeah. they're yeah. clearly not okay. Yeah.
0: So... I, I was kind of like, "Mm, I didn't really put a lot of that in because I was like, "Mm, I don't really know how accurate that is. Yeah. Um, because like, like I said, like Garrett or Garnet, sorry, Garnet Canton, he talked a couple of times and didn't really say anything like that. Yeah. He remembered him getting on the bus and he remembered what he looked like, but he never said like, the man was,
1: he was, oh, there was something
0: weird about him. Like, you know, it just, so whatever. Um, so like I said, they stopped at the rest stop. Everybody was like taking a smoke break, going to the bathroom, whatever. And eventually, they all board back on the bus again Mm -hmm. to head out. And when they all boarded the bus again, Lee moved his seat next to Tim McLean, one row before the restroom in the back.
1: Uh. Um,
0: Some passengers were sleeping. Others said that there was a movie going on, The Legend of Zorro. If you guys haven't seen that movie, it's amazing put it on your list.
1: <laughs> I like how I didn't even have to say it. You just knew I hadn't seen it. <laughs> um
0: it had uh, it's it's a really good movie. It's got Antonio Banderas in it and Anthony Hopkins. It's really good. Oh, okay. Um so the bus TV was playing this movie so they they, they were all just kind of chilling. Yeah. Um and they were traveling the Trans Canada Highway about 12 miles um from Portage la Prairie. I hope I'm saying that right. Or Porta- Portage. It might be oh, French. God. Portage la Prairie, um, I don't know, um, but it was like it was a very isolated stretch of road, very gotcha. quiet, not a lot of. It's not like a main highway or anything. Yeah, there's
1: no like businesses or turnoffs yeah, or anything. Yeah. It's just like back roads, not like so, back roads, but country. Yeah, yeah,
0: country roads. I get you. Um, so according to some witnesses, when Tim got on the bus, he kind of just went back to his seat and he put in his headphones, um, and he started falling asleep and when lee came to sit next to him he didn't really acknowledge him he saw him and was like oh you know okay and like put his head he was sitting in the passenger seat so like his head was to the window Mm -hmm. and then lee was sitting in the aisles so like i said he's sitting in the window seat head against the window trying to fall asleep headphones in his ears doesn't really pay attention to vince lee Mm -hmm. not very long after lee sits beside mclean He pulls out a large hunting knife. Where is he hiding this knife, you may ask? I don't know. (laughs) I really don't know. But a lady said, another passenger said that they had saw it sheathed on his side. Like when he went to the bathroom. If I saw a fucking knife sheathed on somebody's side, I would go to the fucking bus driver.
1: (laughs) I'd be like, oh, this dude has a knife. What the fuck?
0: Anyway, with said knife. Mr. Lee begins to stab Tim McLean repeatedly in the neck and chest. Oh. M- Tim McLean immediately wakes up and Obviously. begins screaming. And he fought with Vince Lee fiercely for a brief couple of moments. But it was like basically already too late. Yeah. Lee was blocking the aisle. He was in the aisle seat. So he was like over him in oh, the, in the like, window there's seat. there's nowhere you can go. He, there was nowhere he could go. Um, and he had defensive wounds, so he tried to oh. get away from this dude. But like a six foot tall, forty year old man cowering, or, or like not cowering, sorry, standing standing over, you. over a twenty two year old boy, like there's a massive oh. difference there. Yeah. Um, and I want to really make this clear. Witnesses said this attacked attack was completely unprovoked
1: like nothing happened there was no fight they were just sitting were- and all of a sudden he was being stabbed and screaming like yes exactly oh that's awful um
0: again garten Ugh. canton um he said that when this started happening everybody's like so confused they don't know what's happening um but he kind of saw what was going on and like blood everywhere and he ran to the front of the bus and was like dude you got to pull over you got like this guy like you got to pull over and um the bus driver started to hear McLean's screams for help. Um, and then the screams obviously of the terrified passengers who are t- like in there with is happening. God. Um, and he pulls over to the side of the road and everybody very quickly exits the bus. Oh yeah. But, but Garton, um, Canton said it was like a fucking trample scene. And all I could think of was like the wildebeest scene from like Lion King where like, yeah, you're trying to get out of there. Um, and Bruce Martin, who was the driver at this point when they're all off the bus, calls nine one one. But they're on this very isolated stretch of road. Yeah. Who knows when the police are going to get? There. Yeah. Um. And one thing I really want to talk about too is he's just stabbing him, like not noticing that other people are terrified, not noticing that they're all running off the bus. He is just sitting there, continually stabbing him, like. He doesn't care what everybody else is doing. Very strange. Um,
1: I yeah, I can't I can't judge too many people because I don't know how I'd react personally, but I'm surprised that like no one tried to tackle him or like just even get him to stop.
0: I think a lot of people just didn't know what was happening for a, like a hot minute. It, like, I would have immediately grabbed him. I was been, gonna like, say, I feel hub. like I would
1: have come up behind him and like put my arm around his throat and been yeah. like, What are you doing? I don't doing? know why like,
0: nobody did that. Um,
1: but I, I guess you I mean you can never say what you'll have, but what, what you would do, do in that
0: moment shock when is a crazy thing when you're on a
1: bus half asleep in the middle of nowhere and all of a sudden there's people screaming and blood flying everywhere. I don't think
0: you might be just like, I gotta
1: get off the bus. Um,
0: so once everybody's off the bus. Uh, the driver of the bus, Bruce Martin, and I think it was Garton Garton Canton. He talks about trying to get back on the bus to like figure out what's going on. This all happens in a matter of minutes. Yeah. And um and there was another truck driver, not like a big rig driver, I think, but like a just a guy on the road yeah. who saw the bus pulled over and everybody outside of it and was like, "Hey, all okay? what's going on?" <laughs> so he stopped to help. Um, and they all get back on the bus. In an attempt to try and save McLean, Tim McLean.
1: Oh, it's probably.
0: Far it's too late. very, very late, and this oh. is when the three men witness Vince Lee decapitate him. No, like, witness him do it, like cutting off his fucking head. Um. Obviously, they're like Lee sees them at this point. He like turns and sees them, and he. I don't know if he, like, ran, but he met them somehow at the front of the bus and told the driver to close the doors. And, um, and as the doors start to close, Lee, like, thrusts his knife, like, out into the, like, out of the door, and the doors, like, close on the knife, and he's, like, trying to, like, slash at them as the doors close.
1: Um. That's so weird. Yeah. So he, like, told. Like, he told them to get back off the bus and, like, close the doors behind them, and then he, like, chased them and tried to stab them?
0: It's, I don't know what he this dude's thinking. It's very weird.
1: That's bizarre. I
0: think he might have come up and been like, close the doors! Like, you know, it like, wasn't calm or something. Yeah. And then they were like, okay, and they got off, and then, like, maybe to scare him or something. Yeah. But, like, because he was not interested in anybody but Tim McLean. Yeah. Very strangely. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lee proceeded to dismember McLean's body in front of 37 witnesses on the bus. And, oh my God. like I said, he decapitated him. Those three men who boarded the bus saw it, but everybody outside of the bus saw it through the window. Oh. And he presented Tim's severed head to the passengers watching outside. Mm. Um, and then at some point, it's all very murky, like when this happens. it's like, yeah, um at some point he brought Tim's head to the f- main door of like the bus, yeah, and he just like dropped it after he presents it um and he went back to McLean's corpse, oh God, and began still cutting him up and cannibalizing his flesh.
1: <gasps> Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Oh no.
0: At some point Lee did make an attempt to escape um by driving the bus away.
1: Are you serious? But
0: the bus driver was a quick thinker and he managed to engage the emergency immobilizer system on the bus so it was inoperable without like the fancy key.
1: Smart.
0: Um <sighs> and I and I think that I think that one of the witnesses says that the mechanism to do this was like in the back of the bus. Like like, yeah. not in the back of, like, the actual inside, but, like... It was, like, uh, like underneath. Yeah. Like, in, like, the actual system of us. Um, and I wanted to... I didn't know what an immobilizer was. So, an immobilizer is an electronic security device fitted to a motor vehicle that prevents the engine from running unless the correct key is present. This prevents the vehicle from being hot-wired after entry has been achieved and thus reduces motor vehicle theft. And that is from Wikipedia. Okay. Um... And like I said, multiple witnesses said that he had no concern for the other passengers, very oblivious about what was going on, Mm -hmm. showed no sign of rage or any other emotions during this attack, and they said he seemed robotic, like he was just, like, had a job to do, and that's what he was doing. Um, This is bizarre. So around 8.30 p.m., the... Royal Canadian Mounted Police, RCMP. That's what I'm going to call them. Um, They and they're from the, um, like I said, they're from Portage la Prairie. I hope that's how you say it. Portage (laughs) la Prairie. It sounds better than that. It does Um, (laughs) (laughs) not. They um, receive the call about the stabbing, and they arrive at the scene. And Lee at this time is being prevented from leaving the bus by the like by Garton Canton, the bus driver, and Chris Aguilera, who was the truck driver, who had stopped. They all Good. Had, they were all brandishing weapons. They had a hammer. They had a crowbar. Um, and they were not letting him leave.
1: Good for them. The bus. Because I'd be terrified of him.
0: Yeah. And the other passengers are, like, huddled on the side of the road, crying, vomiting. They can't get to their stuff. They can't call anybody. They don't know what's going on. Like, I would have just dropped my phone and gone. Like, I, I mean, probably my phone would have been in my pocket. But, like... You're on a you're on a isolated stretch of road. Who knows if you even have service? Yeah. So like, good thing he got through to the police, even though like, who knows? How, no. How long did it take the police together? I couldn't find. It's such so, the timeline is so
1: weird. Okay.
0: Because I know that they left around six fifty five from where he had been dropped off in Erickson, Manitoba. Okay. And they arrived after the incident started. There was a rest stop, but I don't know how long they were driving for. Yeah. So. Between 6.55 when they left, there was a scheduled rest stop, the stabbing, and then they arrive at 8.30. So not very long. It's like a very quick turnaround of events. I was just
1: going to say, because I'm I'm just trying to think, in this time between when they stop and with the police getting there, he has managed to stab this man however many times, decapitate him dismember other parts of him and eat part of him and like try and escape with the bus and like it's all very it happens all very quickly i was say like that's crazy that happens yeah. really fast it
0: all happened very quickly oh. um so um at 9 p.m the rcmp call like they have already called in a ton of people they're in an active standoff with him oh god and um, there's a heavily armed tactical unit that, are, that is there and um, special negotiators mm-hmm. that are there to conduct, con- like conduct some sort of, I don't know, they're trying to negotiate him to, with him to come out. Yeah. Um, but they've all arrived around 9 p.m. And during this time, Lee was seen pacing the aisle of the bus and he was also continuing to cut McLean up and desecrate his corpse. Um, oh. the police officers also at this time witness Lee remove some of his flesh and eat it. Oh, they like, like the bus, like the bus passengers have already been like this dude decapitated him. He dismembered him. He's been eating him. And they were like, you know, sure. And then they saw it.
1: They saw it happen. Um, oh my God, that's disgusting. That's several so
0: RCMP, <laughs> officers said that they told him to drop the knife like you know with a yeah and they heard him say i don't know if like a window was open or like or like maybe you could hear through the glass a little bit but they heard him say i have to stay on this bus forever that's weird weird um and then around this time also the other passengers are being taken away by the police to get their statements like they're like all right we gotta get you out of here like this is crazy um. So on July thirty first, two thousand eight, at one thirty a.m., Lee attempted to escape the bus by breaking one of the bus windows. Um, he threw out a bunch of his personal belongings and the knife that he'd been using. <laughs> this doesn't and, sound very smart. <laughs> which is, th- and the knife he'd been using was obviously the murder weapon. Yeah. And um, he jumped out of the bus window and like head first jumped out of the bus
1: window. Bro, you shouldn't yeah. dive to pavement. That that what?
0: And he, like, landed <laughs> on the knife, and I couldn't, the, he ended, he ends up getting taken to the hospital later for, like, injuries. I don't know if he, like, cut himself during the, the dismemberment or cut himself when he tried to jump out of the bus, but, like, he maybe cut himself s- at some point. Maybe
1: on some broken glass yeah. in the window or something. Yeah,
0: maybe. Um, That's police apprehended him. They had to tase him twice to get him to go down.
1: Oh my God, was he on drugs?
0: I'm going to talk about that. Um, they put him in handcuffs and then put him in the back of a cruiser. During the arrest, Lee apologized to the police and asked them to kill him, and he still had McLean's blood like smeared all over his fucking uh, face.
1: Oh my god.
0: It's at this time that the police find Tim McLean's ear, <gasps> nose, and tongue in a plastic bag in Lee's pocket. Oh, when the police searched the bus, they found Tim McLean's body scattered all over in plastic bags. In plastic bags? Yeah. Okay. Um, That's weird. And they noticed, because obviously he dropped his head and, you know, whatever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They noticed that his eyes and part of his heart were missing and the police believed that Lee ate them.
1: <gasps> Are you serious? Yes. I'm not okay right now. Oh, my God. Um, I'm so glad I ate before this. I don't think I'm going to eat the rest of the day. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: And God. when Lee did get to the police station eventually after going to the hospital for treatment of his wounds, um, he confessed. Like, openly confessed that he had done this.
1: I'd hope so, because fucking there's 37 witnesses.
0: <laughs> after his arrest, Lee refused to speak to prosecutors refused and um yeah i don't get it
1: um i'm gonna confess but i'm not gonna talk to you
0: i know he he confessed (laughs) to police but he would not talk to prosecutors and he did not want his court appointed appointed attorney like he did not want anything to do with that
1: very weird i'm so confused
0: so he refused to hire his own attorney refused and didn't want anything to do with the court appointed one he ended up getting like he ended up like you have to have an attorney y- they
1: like give you one and especially like, no, because they to. ended up
0: determining that he like was Just mentally unstable like he yeah. couldn't he couldn't
1: he could even represent re- himself. represent himself yeah. yeah
0: you have to like go through a lot of talking with people to be able to be competent enough to do that
1: yeah
0: um at his pre-trial hearing the judge asked lee again if he wanted to appoint his own attorney um, and he shook his head and said, "Please kill me under his breath." Um, the judge did not acknowledge this comment, but it was heard by several media outlets who were in the courtroom at the time, and it was in the qu- I can't talk, and it was in the court court clerk's notes that he had said. So, um, at the request of the crown attorney. Judge Michel Cartier orders that Lee must meet with Dr. Stanley Yarin, who was Manitoba's chief forensic psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. Um, And they had 19 court ordered assessment interviews, and these were to determine his mental state and to see if he was fit to stand trial and to see if he was criminally responsible for his actions.
1: It's a lot of meetings.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, a lot. And, guys, something really sad that comes out of this. um, On December 21st, 2008, five months after the attack, um, Tim McLean's girlfriend gave birth to their son. And it's... I can't. That's really sad. That's Um, awful. There's been a really bad custody battle. I mean, I think it's resolved at this point. But Mm -hmm. at that time, there was a bad custody battle between Tim McLean's girlfriend and his family. I
1: why i don't know i was gonna say was she unfit in some way i think probably because that's the only reason i can think like why would you want to take that boy away from his only living parent
0: yeah i think there was something going on that we don't know about but like i said there's a lot of kind of gray area yeah in this case this was an article that i found about like the aftermath about like a bunch of the passengers that day and like what they had to say and um you know his parents obviously talking about um and a lot of these articles came <laughs> we're going to talk about. That. Okay. Um <laughs> we're, we're not talking about this. <laughs> um, cuz stuff happens with this that's I don't really understand. Um and like I said, um at the time the article was written about all of this, he was I think I like I said 9, I think. And um he knew some details about what had happened. But not everything. Obviously, you don't want him to know everything. But she said that um, the mother said that he
1: had actually like found out things from school. Why did I? D- I had a feeling. Mm-hmm. I had a feeling there was going to be mm-hmm. that jerk kid that heard something from their parents and came in and was like, well, my mommy said mom that your daddy was hacked to pieces. <laughs> like, like, His yeah, kids so do that shit. I mean, yeah. Guys, don't say things in front of your kids like that. Because even if you say, hey, don't repeat this. They're going to repeat they're it. They're going to repeat it. Because they're kids and they don't understand. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a sip of wine. Good luck. It's rough. <laughs> this is the wrong wine, guys. Yowza. I haven't even made it through. I'm not even halfway through We're my We're probably not going to finish this. Sorry. Yeah. We love you, but this is like. This is,
0: they say it's dense. It is. Um, so Vince Lee's trial begins on. Trial. Quote, unquote. <laughs> um, begins on March 3rd of 2009. Um, and he was looking at a charge of second degree murder. And if you guys don't know, which you probably all do because you're true crime fans like us, <laughs> second degree murder is like there's no premeditation
1: to yeah. a degree.
0: Like it's not like I'm gonna kill this person on this day with this knife. Yeah. Like it's they just kill. They just killed somebody. Yeah. Like his lawyers pled not guilty and argued that he was not criminally responsible um, for his actions due to his undiagnosed schizophrenia, which he was diagnosed with by Dr. Stanley Yaren.
1: He was. Yes. Oh, no.
0: So Dr. Stanley Yaren uh, testified in Lee's defense for the crown, and where is this? I talked about what the crown is. Maybe I didn't. But anyway, that's what, um, like, Canadian lawmakers call their like DA like stuff like that. Like they're the crown a- attorneys. Oh, I swear interesting. Where do I like put this in here somewhere, but I can't.
1: You're going to find it somewhere later in your no, notes to be it, like son of a bitch.
0: I'm going to have put it somewhere weird. <laughs> um so he he is speaking for the prosecution basically, Yeah. but he's speaking in Lee's defense. Mhm. He says that during his um, meetings with Vince Lee, um, he said that Lee had told him he'd been hearing voices that he believed were the voice of God. Oh, God. And the voice had told him to sit next to Tim McLean. Um, And this is a quote from him from the Toronto Star, uh, from Stanley Aron, sorry. Um, a A voice from God told him Mr. McLean was a force of evil and was about to execute him. In response to that, in a state of panic and fearful for his life, he carried out the acts that he did. Mr. Lee did not understand he was killing an innocent bystander. He did not understand his actions were wrong. Okay. Lee also believed, because we we talked about that he continued to go back to his body and, like, hack him up. Mm -hmm. Lee believed that um, McLean would be able to come back to life. And that's why he kept mutilating the bod- his body and scattering his remains around the bus in plastic bags.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yaren said also that Lee, when he was arrested and brought to his facility so he could talk with him. Yeah. Um, he was giving very strong antipsychotic medicine, but he was still hearing the voices. He was still having hallucinations. Oh, no. And he believed that God was going to come back and kill him. Jesus. Yeah. So his psychosis was, like, Bad. severe. Um, wow. Yarin also said at the time that he was speaking to the judge that Lee was slowly beginning to realize what he had done. He had, like, dissociated. Yeah. Um, and he was starting to realize what he had done, but he still wasn't willing to admit that he had consumed any of McLean's body parts. Like, would not admit that he ate anything. But, like, I, th- I I, was thinking about this, like, it's not like they could bring him to the hospital and pump his stomach. Yeah. He was lucid. He was awake. It's not like when somebody comes in and, like, you know, has alcohol poisoning or something happens yeah. and they have to pump your stomach and you're, like, unresponsive, they can just do it. Yeah. But, like, if you're awake, they can't just pump your stomach without your permission. Yeah. And he's, like, they're, he's not going he, to And he
1: wasn't in the right mental state to be able even. to give permission. Yeah, exactly. So, I. And, and, I mean, it's also possible that while he was in such a dissociative state that, that he just doesn't remember Right, right. He could literally have shoved that down into a deep, dark hole because he doesn't want to remember. Doesn't want to remember that. So yeah, I wouldn't want to remember that. It, it could even just possibly be not that he doesn't want to admit it, but that he literally doesn't remember.
0: Right, right. Um, Another psychiatrist who testified in Lee's defense was mm-hmm. Dr. Jonathan Rutenberg. Um, and he also came to this same conclusion, that he was not criminally responsible for Jeez. his actions. Um, and then during a 2012 interview with a Schizophrenia Society, that's all the article said, not which one, nothing. That's I was like, wow, a thanks for that. Schizophrenia Society. Lee told them, the voice told me that I was the third story of the Bible, and I was like the second coming of Jesus, and I was to save people from a <laughs> – and I was to save people from a space alien
1: attack. He thought Tim McLean was an alien. Oh, my gosh. That's – i'm sorry it's funny but it's sad
0: (laughs) yeah so that's yeah that's sad that's i I I can't even imagine i have this like in big bold letters here no witnesses from the bus that day testified what they were not expected to
1: why i don't know they all 37 of them witnessed him decapitate and eat a man's flesh I'm sorry. I even- You're going
0: to we're going to talk about this cuz there is an element to this story that drives me fucking crazy and I'm going to talk about it at the end with my own personal thoughts. Okay. <laughs> but I just a lot of this I don't understand. Um so like I said his trial quote unquote began March 3rd and by March 5th of 2009 um and it was a different judge. I thought that was strange that his like initial hearing was with one judge and then another judge was brought in but maybe i'm maybe i read the wrong thing i'm not sure let me know but um justice john scurfield concluded that lee was not criminally responsible for the murder of tin mclean due to his mental illness um and the judge came to this conclusion with the assessment that was provided by both the prosecution and the
1: defense i wonder if that's why they didn't have the witnesses come in
0: Because they already knew that it was going to be like. Because it was it was
1: basically an open and shut. Like this Mm -hmm. man clearly had mental problems, mental issues that were not being addressed, and he basically had a mental break. Exactly.
0: Um. Lee served no jail time for this. Um, but he was held. He was required by his sentence to be held for treatment at the Selkirk Mental Health Center. Mm -hmm. Um. Obviously, Tim McLean's family was not okay with this. Yeah, and his mother wanted the laws to be changed so that people who were detem- determined to be not criminally responsible did end up doing some jail time, which I think that's should happen. I say it, uh, that I'm not completely out of was agreement s- with that.
1: I was, yeah. I mean, I'll let you finish, but I have thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, and I and I actually read this article where like a bunch of um legal experts talked about, like, how NCR, the not criminally responsible, is not a really often used defense. Yeah. So, like, changing the law, like, wouldn't like necessarily do anything like people don't use it enough for you to change the law
1: it's i feel like that's used a lot here in america yeah
0: maybe not in canada the, but the, insane- the
1: insanity defense
0: yeah well it, it wasn't insanity it was not criminally responsible yeah that's what i'm thinking yeah. like- so it's but he did have to go to a mental facility for a certain amount of time like he could he's not going to jail but he is being held how long with treatment we're gonna talk about that okay oh
1: Oh
0: no. (laughs) Um. So, Crown Attorney uh, Joyce Dalman said, and this is like a quote. I I think she gave it to reporters. Um. Mister Lee is a schizophrenic. Mister Lee, in my opinion, and in the opinion of the psychiatrist, had no idea that he was doing what he was doing was wrong. People who are mentally ill should not be ill. (laughs) Ill. Um. (laughs) People who are mentally ill. should not be convicted when they don't know what they did was wrong. They need to be treated. I certainly agree that in Mr. Lee's case, he needs to be treated for a very long time. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. okay. So in 2011, so he's, as far as we know, in this mental facility uh-huh. being treated. In 2011, two passengers who were on the bus that day filed a lawsuit, against Vince Lee, Greyhound, and the RCMP, and the government of Canada. they That's asked, big. <laughs> they asked for um, $3 million in compensation for, quote, witnessing the defendant Lee stabbing Mr. McLean Jr. to death, mutilating his body, and performing acts of cannibalism. And that lawsuit was dropped in 2015. Greyhound said that they could not be sued for this due to Manitoba's system of no-fault vehicle insurance. And I looked up what that is. I'm not sure if this is exactly, like, what applies Um, because, obviously, Greyhound is a national bus company and they probably have different insurance liabilities and stuff. Um, Yeah. I know a little bit about insurance, but... I didn't really get this. Um, So no-fault insurance means that if you're injured in a car accident, your own car insurance coverage will pay for some of your medical bills and lost earnings regardless of who was at fault for the crash. Yeah. So, and that's from alllaw.com. So they should have been, like, talking with their own car insurance, basically. Like – that's what it seemed to me. I'm not sure if this is exactly the same, like what I said, exactly the same thing. Yeah. But I couldn't find Manitoba's system of no fault vehicle
1: insurance. Like I didn't. Yeah, you couldn't find that exact definition. Yeah, I couldn't of fault find the exact. Was.
0: But that's what the definition of it technically means. Yeah. Maybe not in their contracts. <laughs> um, the McLean family also filed a hundred and fifty thousand dollar lawsuit against Vince Lee, Greyhound Canada, and the Attorney General of Canada. Um, but. I don't know if any, I don't think anything came of that. Um, The article that I read about it said that they were like in limbo, basically, with Greyhound. Greyhound never called and gave condolences, never. Are you serious? And they also like started a bunch of like ads. I didn't write this down because I was like, that's kind of dumb. But they started like all these like bus rage ads. And like, it was weird. And as far as I'm aware, There's been no settlement in that lawsuit. Um, yeah. That's ridiculous. I didn't want to bring that up because I was just like, why would you try and, like, advertise about this fucking murder? Like, what the fuck? Anyway. Um, and really sadly, one of the RCMP officers who was at the scene that day ended up suffering from severe PTSD and committed suicide from the event. Oh, no. Very, very sad. Um and like i said his family is still really like reeling from this they ugh, the whole thing is just a mess so let me come to my little last thing here no oh no lee was released from his ment- from the mental facility the selkirk mental facility in 2016 after only 7 years fuck that um he had been allowed to live on his own for a year in an apartment but was closely monitored to make sure that he was still taking his meds. Um, nope. And this is, he did change his name. Guys, I'm not going to talk about where he's living now. I'm not going to talk about what his name is. If you want to look it up, it's in a bunch of articles, but I'm not going
1: to yeah, talk <laughs> about
0: where this guy lives. Like, cause I just, I'm not going to do I that. I was
1: going to say, if you want to go be a creepy creeper, that's, you can do it on your own volition. Yeah, I'm not gonna, we're not going to provide that. that info for you. Yeah.
0: Um, his doctors had to, convince the Manitoba Criminal Code Review Board that he was reformed. And um, they told them that Lee understood the importance of taking his medication, and he had also agreed to continue treatment once out of the facility.
1: I feel like you shouldn't have to convince people.
0: Well, like, you have to go in front of the board and, like, give your statement and be like... It should be something
1: that can be, like, almost seen through documentation basically well they
0: had to give testimony that's the thing like okay. they had to interview his doctors and see what they said they had to have written document like they, there's like okay. a whole bunch it's like going in front of the parole board okay in a, in the u.s um so in their final decision the review board wrote the review board is of the opinion that the weight of evidence does not substantiate that bleep. <laughs> that's his name. <laughs> poses any significant threat to the safety of the public. And that was from a BBC article that I After read. seven years. Um, it is, <sighs> it's, I think he's still being, obviously he's still being treated. um, He's still seeing his his doctors at, whether they be at Selkirk Mental Facility or elsewhere. But he is still undergoing treatment. And but he's just not under so such close, moderate monitoring. But that is,
1: the story of the murder of Tim McLean, ladies and gents. I'm not happy. I'm, I agree with his parents, and the fact that
0: once he was done with his treatment at the Selkirk Place, he should have been brought for to 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 jail. To jail. He murdered a man. Yeah. And now he's allowed to just like fucking walk free,
1: because he's better.
0: He's he's mentally better. better.
1: That, that to me is, okay, even though he wasn't of the right sound in mind and he's gone through treatment, he still did this. And even though, he, yes, he did not have full control of himself, he still committed this heinous act.
0: Yeah, he says he's sorry. That's what, like, he told the parole board or the defense board.
1: I, I understand the difference between being in and out of your out of control of yourself. But there was an... If, you, if he was of sane guess. sound in mind... He probably would have had a lifetime in prison.
0: Exactly. My thing is, they were going to charge him for second-degree murder. There is an element of premeditation to this. He had a knife Mm -hmm. on him. He had the plastic bags on him. This is probably something that the voice, quote-unquote, has been telling him to do for a long time. My thing was... He was planning to kill somebody or kill it, vanquish an alien or whatever. This whole time, and his wife even said that, like like I said, there wasn't a whole lot about her, but she said that he would go away for long periods of time and she wouldn't know where he was. So it seems like he was going out looking mm-hmm. for whoever the voice said was the alien, quote unquote. So it seems to me like there is an uh, an he was, ounce like, of premeditation to this for
1: a victim, almost. Mm-hmm. Like God
0: was going to tell him when the time was. And so he was, he was prepared. He had bags for his body. He had a knife. Like that to me does not show like, I mean, obviously the victim wasn't premeditated. Like I'm going to kill this person on this day. But the act
1: itself was.
0: Yeah. And I feel like that should have been first degree murder because the act was premeditated. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I don't I don't think I really like how this trial went. I I disagree with quite a bit of it and I feel like that family wasn't given full justice. Definitely not. That man now just gets to walk free because he's quote re- rehabilitated.
0: And they were pissed. They went to like, like they went he to like He still murdered hearing. a man. Yeah, they went to the hearing that said that he was able to go free and
1: they were mad. And it's like what's going to stop him from running away mm-hmm. and getting to a place where They can't monitor him anymore because they don't know where he is. And if he stops taking his medicine, what's going to happen if he does it again? That's somebody like that needs to be monitored more closely. And if he's already done something as terrible as he just did, he should be behind.
0: I agree that like he obviously had a psychotic break and obviously was mentally ill and my thing is, he was caught by the Ontario police following the sun or whatever. Why was he not treated then? Why was he not diagnosed with schizophrenia then? Right. Why was he not diagnosed? That's so weird to me. They, like,
1: they find him walking along the highway. What do they do? Just, like, listen to his crazy story and, like, he was institutionalized. scoop him up and drop him at home or, like...
0: No, he was institutionalized.
1: How? Oh.
0: So how was he not diagnosed? He wasn't diagnosed with schizophrenia until the trial.
1: That's fucked. That is really fucked.
0: As far as I'm aware, Canadian listeners, if you know different, please tell me. Like it's like I said this whole thing trying to find through articles and stuff like that, there's yeah. not a lot of videos cuz this happened really like recently. So I was so confused. And the fact that nobody on the bus tried to pull him off, right? They just like watched him like they just all ran off the bus like that's like I mean, I'm not saying like they obviously probably have survivor's guilt and shit like that. They probably think about that all the time. Oh yeah. Like I'm not I'm not trying to blame but anybody. I
1: just I just don't understand that. I find it hard that out of 37 people, not one of them had the response to be like, "We need to help that person. Kick
0: him, like literally, Kick, like ugh. grab him. Somebody, Somebody grab his arms. Somebody grab his neck. Like pull him away. I, like I
1: feel like there should have like lock him in the least, bathroom. At least one person. That would have been like wait a second. They all got have off to- the bus. They all just like got off the bus and stood there.
0: And then they came back on the bus and tried to see if he was alive. And he's fucking decapitating him. That's My first response would have been to get back there. Fucking pull that guy off him. And to I mean I'm not a full grown man. You know like it's probably a little different if it's a guy than a girl. He probably yeah. would have been like. And, I, would and have I mean I over. guess
1: and it is hard. A Greyhound busses are small. They are small. So it's not like you can surround him. And if. And and if people started trampling, but it's like, I have to imagine that there was people, if there, if there was 37 people on the bus, even if he's sitting towards the back, I feel like there would have been people that had to push past him. My thing was, well, he was in the seat, like
0: over him in the basically over him in the passenger seat because he was in the aisle. So they were just running down the aisle, and it was like a trample situation. So people were just running. It probably was hard to even get out of the bus. And, I mean, this was like a 65-passenger bus, and there were only 37 people on it. So it's not even at full capacity. And so why didn't anybody help him? It was just like, Oh, we got on the bus and it was too late. I mean, I'm not trying to blame anybody, but I'm just confused. Yeah, I was gonna
1: say it's def- we're definitely not putting blame on them, but it's it's odd to me that nobody tried to help.
0: Yeah, nobody like they all were just like get off the bus. They all just
1: started screaming and ran. Yeah. Normally there's always I mean, at it's least- possible
0: that like I mean, like I said, he fought for a while, but this guy had a big fucking knife. It's possible that he was like just dead. Like within minutes. Yeah. Like it's just it's possible that there was no time to save him, you know what I mean?
1: And you, everybody, kind of just wanted to save themselves. They were like, "Well, if even if we tried, he'd probably hurt us in the process." And he's already dead. So I don't, I don't know. The whole thing really
0: confused me. I felt like there was an element of premeditation,
1: I feel like and there that confused me.
0: And I felt like the family didn't get any justice for his murder. Like this poor guy has a son out there. Who's eventually going to learn everything that fucking happened. Yep,
1: And he's going to learn that this guy be- is living a cozy life, mm-hmm. not behind bars, because
0: I don't. Th- I think that he should have been in the facility, the mental facility. I agree with that. But then I feel like once he was treated,
1: he should have been transferred. To he jail. should have
0: been transferred to jail. He- I
1: either- mean, maybe
0: not forever. Yeah. But like for at least a, a little while. I feel to like see it's- that there's justice done for this guy yeah like he was brutally
1: murdered never got to meet his son That's so sad there was another one like that oh oh todd colehip remember that one
0: guy his wife was pregnant when he got killed
1: oh my god that was episode one i know (laughs) guys this is episode 31
0: (laughs) holy shit i know man that one was heavy
1: that is that's I have a lot of sad thoughts on that one. I don't like that one. <laughs> I didn't like Can that. Can you imagine
0: when I was reading it and I was like, What the fuck? I know. And then reading all these articles where it's like, Oh, he's gonna be released. Fuck that. And I mean I don't I'm not saying that he did not I think he did he was remorseful. Like once he came to terms with what he had done.
1: That doesn't mean he shouldn't. But that doesn't pay mean for he shouldn't he did. be
0: in jail. Like, okay, thanks, you're remorseful, I appreciate your
1: remorse, but... I think his sentence should have been treatment in a facility until he's deemed fit fit to...
0: Be with the general population of a jail. Yeah. And continuing, you know, treatment well, while in jail.
1: Whatever his sentence was, you know, whether they say it's life in prison, it should have been just, he's in this treatment facility until he can be with general population in jail. And then he's moved to the jail and that's where he stands. I think that's how it should have gone. I don't think he should be... I don't think he should be out at all. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? I just, I just can't get past the fact that he could just stop taking his meds, and it could possibly happen again. Because mm-hmm. even though they're monitoring him, what's to people say people fall through
0: the cracks was all the time? Say, wh-
1: exactly. What's to say he's not just flushing these pills down the toilet?
0: They probably drug test him. If they're really high psychotic drugs, he. They're probably drug testing him to make sure he takes them. I mean, I would hope.
1: (laughs) But you never know. And that would scare the shit out of me knowing that he could just fall off the rails again.
0: Yeah,
1: That's sad. Anyway, guys.
0: (laughs) Canadian (sighs) true crime first episode.
1: Starting off on a really low note, (laughs) guys. On a
0: big low note. (laughs) Anyway, that's that.
1: <laughs> uh, I, don't, uh, I don't know what you after want to that say. joyous case. There's some places you can find us. Oh yeah, where
0: can they listen? <laughs> find us, Nicole. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we are on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Buzzkillers Podcast. Buzzkillers Podcast. We are on Twitter at Buzzkillers Pod. Buzzkillers Pod. We are on YouTube. Go in your little search bar and search buzzkillers colon a true crime podcast. Buzzkillers colon a true crime podcast. And while you're on there, hit that subscribe button, guys. Thank you you for liking and subscribing. (laughs) (laughs) The more subscribers we get, if we get to 100, we can get a personalized URL so you don't have to search for us anymore. We'll Mm -hmm. pop right Mm -hmm. up. We'll be youtube.com slash whatever the heck we want it to be. And you can find us so much faster. Um, so check that out. Our YouTube has some cool stuff on it. You sound so like, uh. I just like, I'm so, <laughs> this case drained me. Uh, you were like, what? I, what? <laughs> I didn't, I did not expect a lot of this case. <laughs> um, but, um, if we have a whole, um, playlist on YouTube that has all of our source videos on it. so And if some of the
0: witness, like the witness talks with, um, Garten, uh, Canton will be on, on there too. Cool. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, uh, so I learned I, a lot from like him talking.
1: I there's there's been at least one or two YouTube videos per every episode for a source, so we have a, a, I the, the, a lot our of source playlist has like a solid fifty videos in it right now. I find and a lot of documentaries
0: from YouTube.
1: Is <laughs> that accent? I don't know. <laughs> um, and guys, if you want to listen to us. All right, I'm Get not out. gonna. I'm not gonna go like Bud Bean after yeah. all of these. <laughs> I'm gonna do the smart thing. I'm gonna pull up our link. <gasps> You're so smart
0: because Look at you. we always
1: do this and we always forget at least one of them. Well.
0: Because our list.
1: We had a whole list and they disappeared. We had two lists actually. I know. God damn it. Anyway, so we can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, which is also Audible, um, Google Podcasts, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and our host platform Podbean. We love Podbean. Um, And of course, we do have our very own website, (gasps) www.buzzkillerspodcast.com (laughs) www.buzzkillerspodcast.com You can hop on that website. There's blurbs about us. You can learn a little bit about Macy and I. Woohoo. Um We're there's cool. obviously there's a whole page where you can listen with links to all of our listening platforms. There is a whole page dedicated to all of the wines we drink. You can see pictures of the bottles along with what their descriptions like descriptions and their names and everything. Um if you try any of them, let us know. What's yeah, your let favorite. us know what you like um and then we have a contact page where (gasps) you can hop in there and you can type us a little message and you can be like hey guys i want you to cover this case or hey guys this would be a really cool topic or hey guys i tried this one it's pretty delicious or hey guys you covered this case and i have some thoughts send us those
0: (laughs) yes if you have anything canadian (laughs) listeners i know that there are several of you thank you for listening um seriously if you know anything (laughs) about this case please tell me i was so confused <laughs> i'm just reading like it, i mean there was a murderpedia page and there was like you know the criminal minds fan page yeah. or whatever but i read it was a lot based on articles by the toronto star and bbc and stuff like that yeah. but if you guys were alive at the time or you know yeah were around or whatever maybe a
1: relative of somebody that was on that yeah, bus
0: like let us know because i I'm really interested in like things that like clearing up this kind
1: of the weird
0: timeline yeah. and like I was I
1: was very confused. Um, so you can do that, guys. Send us message, send us some love. <laughs> and if you don't want to do it through our website, we have BuzzKillerspodcast Buzzkillers at gmail dot com. BuzzKillerspodcast at gmail dot com. Shoot us any message that you like. We will do our best to respond. <laughs> we will always respond. We will probably, probably. respond. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like, oh, is there anything on the Gmail? Nope. <laughs> I know. Uh, I get notifications and sometimes I'll open my phone. I'll be like, oh my god, we have a Gmail. And I open it up and it's like 19 crimes. like their monthly e-blast. Oh, yeah, so yeah, I'm like, yeah, son of yeah. a bitch. I was hoping we had a fan.
0: Um. <laughs> <laughs> we, know, we know that you guys are out there. We appreciate you. Even if you don't want to send us some love.
1: You're all shy. It's okay. We're shy, too. We love too. you, anyway. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> I, it I, may not sound like it, but Macy and I are hella introverted. I'm like, I don't want to talk to this person. I don't, <laughs> don't like people. Uh,
0: but we'll be back at you next week with another Canadian true crime case. Craig, oh, Craig, true crime. Oh! got the yawn. It's the dense, I'm it's like the dense wine like yawn.
1: Mid-sentence, my body was like, yawn now. now you're making me yawn. I hate it! <laughs> you're welcome. <I> mean, um... <laughs> But guys, yeah. Thank you for listening and all the love we get. We got a lot of downloads and hit three thousand listens and it's just like it's means a lot to us guys. We appreciate it. We appreciate all the love. We appreciate <laughs> that's okay. what, that's what I appreciate about I you, appreciate Miss Katie. Katie. Sure. Anybody watches Letter Kenny will understand that one. <laughs> I, I don't, don't love. Letter candy, which is actually slightly appropriate because it is a Canadian can comedy. <gasps> <laughs>
0: <Yay>! <laughs> oh my god, now you got me yawning. Okay. Anyway, we love you guys. We'll be back at you next week with episode thirty two. Woohoo. And um continue in with the Canadian true crime and um we'll just like you said, keep watching all of our social media pages. She's yawning now too. <laughs> um Please, like, look out for our 3,000 download little thing that we're going to do. We're really excited about it. And it's
1: going to be from us. It's going to be interactive.
0: It's going to be interactive. It's going to be from
1: you to us. Check out, guys, our Instagram is, like, our number one used social Social media media platform. platform, So follow our Instagram if you want, like, frequent, frequent updates. Mm -hmm. Um, And that'll be where the fun 3,000 listens thing is. So... Head over to our Instagram. Like I said, it's at buzzkillerspodcast.
0: Or if, like, because obviously I'm not going to tell you what we're going to do. But, because it's going to be a surprise. surprise. But if, you know, you want to participate too and you're not really into Instagram, you can also send us an email or whatever. Yeah. But it's going to be interactive. So we want to hear from you. Either way. Whether it's on Instagram or nothing (laughs) or whatever. But we We love you. We want you. I want you to tell me. (laughs) Anyway we love you guys so much And thanks for listening And we will talk to you next week Okay bye Bye